Okay, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Tesvav. Daf Tesvav in Shkolem from the Mishnah. Shtei Lishchos Hayib Mikdash. There were two different chambers in the base of Mikdash. Achas Lishchos Chashar. Obviously, there were many chambers, but among the many chambers that we've already uh, that we've discussed in uh, in Tamid and uh, elsewhere, um, there also there were two chambers. That were uh, that were not normally uh, mentioned as as places, you know, where they had a specific job for the Kohanim to do. But these were uh, th- uh, these were uh, chambers in which l- donations were made. One was called Lishkas Chashan. Chashan means to be quiet, to be secret. So one was called the secret, like the secret chamber. And one was called the uh, chamber of the vessels. Lishkas Chashan. What was that for? Yirechet, uh, God-fearing people, they would give money there, meaning like matan baseser, they wanted to give tzedakah, so that place was designated as a place where you can put your money down, you can put money there, and um, uh, the money will be given to poor people, you won't know who it goes to, they won't know who it comes from, it's real matan baseser. Aniyam b'nei tovim, the poor people who were from good families, they would take out money from there. The people who were poor and people, I guess the uh, supervisors there knew that they were poor and they came from good families, they would take money out of there quietly. So it was real matan basesa. What was the uh, chamber vessels? Whoever wanted to give, uh, somebody, somebody had some sort of a vessel in their house, uh, they wanted to donate it to the base of Migdash, the Berekabah, they would throw it in there. It was a place where you have any vessels you want to give away, any uh, silver, gold, or brass uh, vessels, put them in there. Every 30 days, I guess, every 30 days, <coughs> the treasurers of the base of Migdash would open it up. Any kli that can actually be used itself in the maintenance of the base of Migdash, didn't have to necessarily be, it could be a hammer, it could be anything, uh, any kind of a vessel, metal, whatever, that could be used, or wood. So they would leave that and use it for its purpose. Let's say it was a hammer or a chisel or whatever, a glass, whatever it was, uh, they would use it. Bashar, everything else that couldn't be used directly, Nimkarn would be sold with the main note from the Bedekabais, and the money instead would be used for Bedekabais. We'll see in the Gemara that anything that had a purpose for the Mizbeach, let's say they gave, uh, you know, animals, or uh, we've discussed that before, if you give animals that directly could be used for a carbon, how were they used? But let's say let's say it was a kli that could be used um, for mizbech. Let's say klisharis that you can mix a carbon mincha in uh, something of that sort. If it could be used for mizbech, it was, it was used for that too. Even though the Mishnah says lebedekabayis, it means to the lishcha of the bedekabayis. It means to the chamber of the bedekabayis. But if it could be used for uh, for kedushas mizbech, it was used for that too. Rav Yaakov Baridi, Rav Yitzchak Bar Nachman, these two rabbis have a and these were leaders of the community. Rabbi Yovanlei Rav Chama, and they would give money to Rav Chama, Abba de Rabbi Yeshua, the father of Rabbi Yeshua, of Rabbi Yehoshaya, they would give him money, he would give it to others uh, uh, quietly, he would give it to others quietly, meaning they would give money to him, they might have thought it might for him, it didn't go for him, he gave it to other people, to poor people who were too embarrassed possibly to come and get it directly from the Kupat Staka. So he was a tzaddik, he would take it and say, like, it's for him, and really, he gave it to other people. Another story of Zechariah, Chasni Reb Levi, Zechariah, the son-in-law of Levi, everybody used to make fun of him. They would say, Amran, he doesn't need any money. And he takes out of the kupai, t- takes from the kupat stock, even though he's not worthy, he's, uh, he has plenty of money, he doesn't need the tzaddik. 
min the damach when he died, Botkin, they checked into his affairs. He would give it to others. In other words, he took the embarrassment in his lifetime and said he needs the money because he took it for others who were too embarrassed. So he gave it all away. So you see that you shouldn't make fun of people because you never know what their intentions are. Rav Chinra Bar Papa, you see these were great sadikim. Rav Chinra Bar Papa having mafli he would always give the stock at night. Uh, so that people shouldn't see it. And again, so that the, the, the recipients would not be embarrassed by receiving it during the day. Others would see them. He would give it to them quietly at night. Chazman, one time at night, when he was distributing the stock of funds, Pagabe, Ravo, and the Rechaya, the leader of the demons met him. The demons were out at night. So the Shadim. So the leader met him. Amrle, Lochein Alpha, did you not teach us? Rebbe, Rebbe, didn't you teach us lo sasig right? You shouldn't move your neighbor's boundary. In other words, you shouldn't cheat. Well, you're on, this is my territory. At night, I'm in charge. What are you doing here? Amalev lo doesn't it say more than that? Matan beseser, yich the one who gives money quietly, in other words, secretly, discreetly, that people won't see it. Matan beseser, yich that will overturn the anger. In other words, there's nothing greater than matan beseser. It's great to give stucca. You know, there's a great stucca even if they, you know, it's stucca even if they know who it came from and who gave and, and who it's going to. But the greatest degree of stucca is where you don't know who it's going to and the recipient doesn't know who it's coming from. Bavi mistafimine, so the... Um, the demons were afraid of him because he quoted a good pasuk, right? He said, you, he quoted the pasuk, but he says, that, so to speak, trumps, uh, uh, you know, the is a little bit of a stretch to say, you know, you shouldn't be out at night. This is our territory. That trumps that. And he was afraid of him. And he ran away from before this rabbi. So Rav Chinnabar Papa, uh, you know, had more power over this uh, demon. Amr of Yonah. Ashrei note in the Talmud says the pasuk doesn't say happy is he who gives money to the poor. Ella lok of kind of doesn't say that here. Ella Ashrei maskil aldal. It says happy is the one who understands the poor. What does that mean? Zeushu mistakam mitzvah hechlasosa. He looks at the mitzvah how to perform it. It's one. It's not just giving the money. It's how to do it. Kate said hoya rabbiona. So how did he do? Shei roya oni ben tovim. He saw a poor person, the son of a good family. Sheyard menchasef. He lost his money. He lost his assets. He, he you know, life took a, took a bad turn for him, and he lost everything. And but he was too embarrassed. He came from a good family. He didn't want to ask for money. Hey, Omerlo, So this uh, Rav Yonah would tell him, "Listen, Bini, I heard that you have a distant relative who left you a lot of money. The money's going to come from far away, but you're going to be coming into a lot of money. So I'll tell you what. Tool, take some money right now. Just you know, take this as a short term loan. About to pray. When you get the money, you'll pay me back." You, you, you don't have to worry, right? You just take the money. After he gave it to Mamrle, you know, Matani you know, don't bother even giving it back to me. In other words, the, the, the kid wouldn't take money from him because he was too embarrassed. He didn't want to take money. He, doesn't, he, he was embarrassed. He didn't want to uh, be a, uh, a recipient of, of funds. So he told him, I'll tell you what, just take it as a loan. I know you have some money coming into you. And then after he took it, he says, hey, don't worry about it. Chiyabarada isve. So you have to know, that's what masculine adult, you have to know how to do it. You have to do it in a nice, becoming way. Chiyabarada isave, Chiyabarada said that isave savimbi amen, and there were some elders in our time. I remember these elders, mandavi yovlon, midben reish reisa litsuma rabbo havinasman. If you gave them some money, between the ben, between Reisha, so the beginning of the year, me and Rosh Hashanah, Litsuma Rabbah to the great fast, of course, Yom Kippur, Havinasman, they would take money. And as they would take money, you know, between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, they would accept some money if they needed it. 
Min Basar came after Yom Kippur, they didn't accept any money. They wouldn't take any Amr. They said, the Shasagaman, whatever is there, whatever was determined, predetermined for us for the year, our year's income, Gabban is already with us. Why? Because your, your money is determined, but your, your income is determined between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So they took, you could say what's going to happen later on too, but they said, listen, whatever we got between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we can assume that's our income for the entire year. Again, good people. Nechemi from that place, or Sichem, Pogabe Yerushalmi, met Yerushalmi, Amalei, and Yerushalmi told him, Zachei imi charetagel. So listen, Zachei imi says, it's like, do it stuck with me, merit. You should get a merit by doing stuck with me. I need a chicken. Can you give me a chicken? Amalei, hachloch, he says, he didn't give me a chicken. Amalei, hachloch tumisa de kupad. I'll give you here a coin uh, that you can buy some meat with it. Yesterday we had that word kupad when they made, according to the ashita that the uh, Jewish people made fun of motion, they said, look at the guy with the big thighs and the big legs and uh, he's fat from all the fatty meat, the flesh. This is what he means here. So he gave him a coin to buy some meat. It wasn't enough apparently to buy a chicken. Vizavin kupad, he bought the meat, and he ate it and he died. And he died. And this Reb Nechemia, Nechemia who didn't give him the chicken but gave him a coin to buy some meat. Amr Bo come the siftu and eulogize laharugo shonachemia. Come and eulogize the the murder the murder victim of Nehemia. In other words, he cursed himself because he says he killed him. The man was used to eating chicken, and he gave him meat. He gave him something else, so he didn't give him the chicken, and therefore he took responsibility for the man's death. Another great sadik. Nachemish Gamzu, Nachemish Gamzu, the famous Nachemish Gamzu, who is the Rebbe of Rabbi Kiva. Why was he called Ish Gamzu? There's a place called Gamzu, right? We have that place today, uh, not far from Lod, right? Gamzu. But he was called Ish Gamzu because whatever happened to him, he said Gamzu Latova, right? So Hayamolech, Dor in the base Chama, he was taking some gifts to his uh, father-in-law's house. So there was a sickly man, a sickly poor man uh, covered with boils met him. Merit with me. In other words, give me tzedakah with whatever you have. When I get on my way back, you know, people always try to get out of it. Rabbi Wine told a good story. He says, you know, you know, people say, uh, a guy comes over to me, says, uh, can you have some tzedakah? So what are the people say? Well, I, I don't have anything with me right now. You know what I mean? I'm not sure if I have any change. Or I don't have anything. So the guy told me, listen, put your hand in your pocket. Whatever you, whatever comes out, give me. You know, if you have nothing, just put your hand in your pocket and whatever's in there, give it to, give me. So he said, give me what you have. So he said, I'll, I'll see you on the way back. Chazor, on the way back, Ashkei found that the man had died. So again, this Nachemish Gamzu took full responsibility. He felt he killed him because maybe the guy was dying of starvation and uh, he, could have felt, he could have given him something. So Nachemish Gamzu said, like, to, to the dead person. He spoke to him, he says, Einaya de Chamina, the eyes that saw you, the Chamina, the eyes that saw you, meaning he was talking about himself, he cursed himself. The eyes that saw you, below Yezbun Luchan, didn't give you anything, Yistayman, they should be blinded because they saw you and they didn't give you when you asked for it. Yadayi de lo pashtan the the hands that did not stretch out to give you money, Yiskaton should be cut off. The feet that did not rush to give you when you asked for it, Yitbrun should be broken. And so it happened with Nachemish Gamzu. He lost his hands and the use of his feet, and he was blinded. Solokal Gabar Kiva, who was his student, came up to visit him, came up to visit Nachemish Gamzu. Amalei, 
to me that I shani that I see you in this terrible state. He returned it. He, he returned the. Uh, he, he he replied to Rabbi says, "Woe unto me that I don't see you this way." So Rabbi Amale Ma Mekaleni Rebbe, you're you're cursing me. You're saying you expect me. I also should be like Amale Umaat Mevatisurim. Who are you to reject afflictions? Afflictions are an atonement. So he says. He says Nachamishkamzu said he cursed himself, and that's why it happened. Because he says he didn't. He, this is he's atoning for the death of that person. That should be an atonement for him. He says so. The yisur and the afflictions should be an atonement. He says so. You're cursed. You're saying woe unto me that I see you that you that you see me this way. I say woe unto you that uh, that I don't see you this way. Because if you have yisurin, that uh, that brings atonement. As we know later on, Rav did have terrible yisurin on his way to death. Rav Hoshio Rabbah, that was his name, Rav Hoshio, the great Rav Hoshio, have a Rabbe Debre, the master of his student. In other words, he had a student, his student, his son rather, Debre, his, his, uh, his son, Rabbi had a, had a Rebbe. His, his, his uh, son, Rav Hoshio Rabbah's son, was a, had, a, had a Rebbe. Rabbe Debre, Chad Saginar, was a man who was blind. Was blind. And Rav Hoshio had a son, and that son's teacher was blind. So Rav Hoshia, in respect to this blind teacher, this blind Rebbe of his son, would eat with him every day, would have a meal with him every day. Chadzman one time, Havilei Orchem. Rav Hoshia Rabbi had uh, some guests, and he didn't want to partake, he didn't want to eat with, with uh, the blind Rebbe that day because they might make fun of him. He didn't come to eat with, the, with this Rebbe. Baramsh in the evening, Solak he went up to him to apologize. Amalei, please don't be angry at me. Begin Why? Because because David because I had guests Yomadain to this day, because I had guests in the house today, the Amr, I figured Lo Livze Biyakra Damare Yom uh I didn't want them to shame in the honor of your of your you know your of your honor. This day, in other words, I didn't want them. You're blind and you, you don't look good, so I didn't want them to uh, possibly um, uh, diminish in your honor. That's why I didn't come today because I had guests over and I couldn't get out of them. So I didn't want to. I didn't want them to join eating with you. They might make fun of you. Begin came because of that. Because of that, I didn't eat with you today. So listen to what this blind Rebbe answered. Answer of Hoshi Rabbi. Apiasta you. Paista, you pacified the one who is seen but does not see. That's that's him, the blind man, the blind Rebbe, who is seen but cannot see. Dain, the one, the the one who sees but is not seen, of course, means that Rabbanishlong, should accept your pacification and your and your prayers. That's a nice thing. Omalay. He said, that's a great line. You know, so he said to him, that's a great line. It's a great bracha. Where'd you, where'd you hear that from? You hear from the, you know, you, you have, you have uh, pacified the one who is seen and cannot see. May the one who sees but is not seen pacify you. I tell you, I heard it from Lezer ben Yaakov. It's not my own line. I heard it from Lezer ben Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov, all chad, the Saginor said, there was a very poor blind man who came to a city and blind people are generally poor. They have no uh, way of making an income. And he looked for some money. And he came to the city. And he was de- desperate. Yosef Rabbi Yaakov Rabbi Yaakov sat below him. 
In other words, when they came to the shear or whatever, or whatever they were sitting in the shul, Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, so to speak, gave him a, a position, a place to sit higher than Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. The Yemen that people should say, Ilule David Bar Nosh, if this person wouldn't be Rabba, if he wouldn't be a great, uh, a great person, Rabbi Yaakov would not have given, would not have sitting below him, would not have sat below him. The fact that Rabbi Yaakov sat below this man, it must be that the man is an honored person. So because that Avdan Le Parnosa, they gave him, they supported him, they said he's a chosh of a person, and they gave him some sustenance to Iker, and he became either wealthy, or they gave him enough at least to get by. Amr alone, he said them, Malachem, what's going on over here? People are so nice to me in this city. This is a, I've been around a lot. This is, these people are very nice here. Amr they said, I'll tell you, because Rebbe Yaakov, Yaakov is sitting below you. He's sitting below you, so he's given you some honor, and therefore people have supported you. So therefore, this poor, uh, this poor man, this poor blind man, blessed Rav Lezim Yaakov with this blessing. You have shown kindness to the one who is seen without being able to see, meaning him, the blind man. So the one, the great Lord, who sees without being seen, should also give chesed to you. So here, that's a great bracha that he said. Rav Chama Bar Chanina Vahoshi, these two rabbis have been talking about Eilan Kanishtadilah. They were, they were um, uh, taking a tiyul. They were walking through the, uh, the shuls in Lod. Om Rav Chama Bar Chanina Vahoshiya, Kama Maman Shikavosakan. You know, my, my uh, ancestors built these shuls. Look how much money they've sunk in here. Omalei, so he answered, Kama Nafshal Shikavosakan. How many. How many souls have they sunk in over here? In other words, how many souls by building these shuls instead of supporting Tamir Chachamim? So they built buildings, but uh, they should have supported Torah instead. In other words, how many souls have they lost? Have they sunk in? Have they buried, so to speak? Have they buried by not putting their money here? Lohave is Banosh, where there are no people, humans, the Yilo and Baraisa, who are toiling in the Torah. In other words, they better to spend the money on Torah than on buildings. A similar story of Rav Avun, Ovid Eilin Torah. He made some gates to Sidra Rava for the great yeshiva there. He made some fancy big gates. Big gates, I said. No, fancy gates, not bill gates. Uh, also, Rav Mana Legabe and Rav Mana uh, went over there. Amale. So uh, this uh, the rabbi, this uh, Rav Avon who had made the gate said, "Listen, this look what I've made. Look at these beautiful gates." the pasuk says in Oshea that Yisrael forgot who made them, the God. and they built palaces, meaning they built places. The literal shot is that they made places for our But he meant to say is that you know you're building buildings. What are the buildings worth? where there's nobody who could have toiled in, in Torah. You know, look what happened. I just, you know, always give the example. Look what happened. What are the what are the buildings worth? Everybody, all the buildings we left in Europe uh, before the Shoah, but the people who taught their children Torah and carried on tradition that lasts forever. So back to the Mishnah, we said that um, uh, that the vessels that could be used for Bedekabais they were used. The other ones were not. The other ones were sold, and they put the money in Bedekabais. But Abraisa learned. That 
Mikosha Berakabayas. And as if Kosha Berakabayas has some vessels that could be used not simply in maintenance, but like we say in, in carbonos or, or libations or whatever, then you use it for that. And Kosha Berakabayas, Mutsinas Aroyla, Mikosha But if, if something was Mukudash, was sanctified for Ktushas Musbech to be brought on the altar, you can't use that for maintenance, for Berakabayas. So, but you could use Berakabayas stuff, stuff that was done in Berakabayas. You could just, we learned, Klisha Matsu In our mission, we learned something you had used for Berakabayas, Manichan Osa, you leave it for that. Vasharnam Karan, the rest was sold with the domain Nofl and Berakabayas. But it was used for Berakabayas, Mashma only for Berakabayas, not for Mizbech. Amrav Chisya, Kinn Mastis, and explain the Mishnah, Lelishkos Berakabayas. It means to say this, that things that could be used for Berakabayas or Things that could that cannot be used but could be sold and their money went to Berakabayas. He meant it meant to the chamber of Berakabayas. But indeed, if there was something in the Berakabayas in the, in the chamber that could be used for Kachimizbeach, it could be used for that as well. Hanalach Elam Amuna. Now we begin the fifth parak. Says the Mishnah like this: Shofros. In the base of Migdash, there were seven shofars. Shofars we know was a shofar, but it really means over here a big box, a box in the shape of a shofar meaning it was very narrow at one end and wider at the other end. So it was really like a box or a chest in which they put money in. We'll talk about that, so that, what it was used for, uh, for carbonus, etc. We'll get into all that later on. There were 13 tables there also. Talk about that later. There were 13 places where they bowed down. All this was in the base of Midrash, 13 of each. In the house of Rimliel and the house of Chananya, or Hanina Skanakohanim, they bowed at a 14th spot, not only the 13. It's nice to say 13 boxes, 13 tables, 13 places to bow down. They had a 14th. Hey, where was the extra one? We're going to talk about the 13 of each of these later on, but in today's Gemara, we're dealing with which, where's that extra one? Kenegadir Eitzim, opposite the, the woodshed, the chamber where they kept the wood. In other words, Wood, they had to get very good wood, and we talked before about people who donated the wood, the various families who donated the wood, that would be used for the marocha, the wood pile. <laughs> That's the word, Michael, <laughs> the wood pile, right? On the altar where they burnt the uh, carbonos. So, uh, the fire there. So, so uh, he said that the, the, the 14th place where they bowed down those families was opposite this woodshed. Where they kept the wood. Now, in the wood, in the woodshed, we'll, we'll talk about why why the woodshed. What was the special place about that? She came Masaurus They had a, a tradition in their hands. May I was saying from their fathers, Shisham Ha'aronuris. In other words, those families, based on Mulil and based on had a tradition that the famous Aron, in which the Luchos uh, and the Sefer Torah were were stored away, were hidden, was at that spot opposite the Dira Eitzim, opposite the woodshed. So they bowed down there too because they felt that the Aron, which of course was supposed to be in the Kodesh Kodashim, that's where it was when the base Mish was functional, but they felt later on in the time of the second base Mish when they didn't have the Aron anymore, that they could, uh, that it was in that spot. There's a famous story with a coin. The Gemara will say that he was a Balmum and therefore he couldn't do the regular Avoda and therefore he was used, the Kohanim who couldn't do the regular Avoda for whatever reason, in this case he was blemished, he, they would use him to, um, uh, to be Bodek to check the wood to make sure it wasn't wormy. So they used him to, to, to peel the wood, to peel off the bark, etc., and to check for the wood uh, to make sure that it was in good shape. So Mais uh, he was like an investigator or a checker, whatever you want to call him, you know, he checked the wood. It was a coin, he was busy with the wood. He noticed that the floor at that spot where he was near the, uh, in the woodshed, that that spot looked different. The, the, you know, you see a, like a, one of the tiles is sort of like out of place, a little bit, a little askew. So he said, that's different. 
So Baba Machaber, he told his, his friend about it, and uh, he, want, he wanted to, he felt, that, why was it askew? Because that's, that tile had been opened up, had been, and they hid the, uh, the, the Aron there. And he wanted to tell his friend about it. He said, look, I found, I found the place of the, um, of the lost ark, right? He wasn't able to finish and show him the spot until he died. The Gemara will explain exactly how that happened. The Yadu, they knew, they knew for sure, clearly, is that spot. Why did he die? He died because, the, because that was the spot where the Aron was hidden and God didn't want it to be revealed. Uh, neither him nor Indiana Jones did not want them you know, to find it, right? So, uh, so you're not supposed to know where it is. It was Gunners. That's the, that's the story of the lost ark. Now, our Mishnah says, where was the lost ark? It was buried underneath and in, inside the base of Megdash, underneath the woodshed, near the woodshed, opposite the woodshed. That's where it was buried. That's where these families had a Kabbalah. That's where it was hidden. There are other opinions as to where the lost ark went, where it was. We'll see that in the Gemara. Tani, why were they called shofros, these chests? Why did they just call boxes? Halalu akumas, they were curved, meaning small at one end, large at the other end. Narrow at the top, and wide at the bottom. Narrow because of the crooks. Because there would be crooks who would go over there and pretend like they're putting money in. They would try to take the money out. So they had them, so the place where you put the money in, like at Stucker Box, and there's only a little slot to put the money in, but you can't take the money out. So that's what Ramon. So yesterday's Gemara, we also had Ramon. Remember the ones who might find the token. Somebody dropped the token, which, they, which was their proof, like a voucher that they had paid money for Nesachim, and somebody else picked it up, and the guy might cheat and wait a week or two and try to come in and get the Nesachim for free. So that's how it was. This is the idea that, you know, you find that people could be crooked in one way, but they want to bring a carbon, you know, that's like Tovo Besheretz Biado, same thing we had before, people who could be murderers, but uh, they wouldn't be, want to become Tomei. Tomei was a big thing in those days. Tanim B'Shem Rebelezer, Ha'aron Gali Malabavl. So now Rebelezer said, no, the Aron was not stored away. Nignaz wasn't putting the Shamus down underneath the base of Migdash opposite the woodshed, but it went with them to Bavel. My time, how do you know? Because the Pusik says, Lo Yivoser Dover, Omar Hashem. Hashem says, listen, everything's going to, they're going to take everything away. Everything is going to go above. Lo Yivoser Dover, nothing will be left over. So says God. Ain Dover, Elashad, Dibras, What do you mean by Dover? The Dibros are inside. That's what the Sarah said. Dibros, the Luchos were inside the Aram. So he says, that's what he means by Dover. The Dibros were inside. And he says, nothing will be left here. It's all going to bubble. So the Pusik indicates that it went to bubble. The Chainam Pusik says, at the turn of the year, Shalach HaMelech Mechadnezer, Mechadnezer, the king of the Babel, came and, and sent Vayvieyu uh, and he brought Yoyachim, who went into exile there, Babel. He brought him to Babel. Im Klechem, this base Hashem, with the vessels the precious vessels of the house of the Lord. What is the precious, most precious vessel there? And he brought that there. So there's another passage indicating that possibly, it didn't say it beferish, but the, that the, indicating that the, that the Aaron went to uh, Bavel and, and presumably it's still there, according to this opinion. It was, it was, um, it was uh, dug out and it was uh, hidden and buried in its spot. So this is really another opinion because um, in our Mishnah, the Mishnah says it was buried opposite the woodshed. Here we're saying it was buried in its spot, meaning in the Kodesh Kodashim, where it was supposed to be. They buried it. That's why the Pasuk says, It says there the, the poles in which, the, which, uh, which, uh, which, which you carry the Aron, there were two poles on, e- on either side, they um, row and they were seen. Rashi about him. You could see the heads, the tops of the poles, the edges of the poles. Ella Kodesh into the heichal. El Pnei Advir 
or Pnei Dvir. The Dvir is the Kodesh Kodashim. In other words, right from the face of the Kodesh Kodashim, it, they, they protruded into the uh, curtain of the, um, of the Heichal. But they could not be seen outside. In other words, you couldn't see them outside the Kodesh Kodashim, but they went outside. And the Pasuk ends off, And they were there until this day. Well, until this day, any day is until this day. Well, if st- that means that they're still there. They're still there even today, right today, in, in today's day, Chaf Gimel, uh, Nisan, Tav Shin Aleph, they're still there. That means that they're underneath the, Ar- the Ar- Kodesh Kodashim. But, the, but I understand the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Ve'ero, yeah, could be seen. And it says, Ve'ero, and they were in, and the tops or the edges of the, the, the tips of the poles could be seen. And then it says, then you couldn't be seen. What does that mean? And it also says, they cannot be seen. Ellen, near and below near him. They were seen, but wouldn't be seen. What does that mean? Bolt and the Yotzin, they stuck out, like the two breasts of a woman. In other words, the, the, the two poles in the Kodesh Kodeshim, which, with which, uh, were, which were basically attached like to the Aron, uh, they, the poles protruded into the parochus that separated between the Kodesh, uh, the, the curtain, that separated between the Kodesh Kodeshim and the Heichal. So in the Heichal, you saw like two points sticking out like a woman's breast that goes into her clothes. You see the breast sticking out, but you can't actually see the breasts themselves. That's what he means over here. For Abundant Amri, the Rabbanans say, The Rabbanans like our Mishnah. The Rabbanans a third opinion, right? Not that it went to Bavel, not that it was buried in Como, but rather it was in the Lishchus Tiraitzim, it was buried there, right? In the in that chamber, in the woodshed. Haya, Haya Arangonis Maisa. There was a story. Now, this is the same story in our Mishnah, but he, a little more a little more detailed here. Maisa Bakoin had the story with the Kohen Balmum. He was blemished, and therefore he couldn't do the Avodah, so they had assigned him to, uh, to checking for. Um, for checking for worms, she omed umafatzel ate him. He was he was uh, standing there and he was um, uh, peeling the wood to make sure there's no uh, there were no worms. Belishkas there ate him in that woodshed. Vera esaritzba and he saw he saw in the on the floor she mishdanim mechaverseh. He saw there was a tile on the floor that was different than the other ones. Babam lechaveru. He came and said to him, Bora come and see this floor. Come and look at this floor, which is different than the other one. He wasn't able to complete it. In other words, he wasn't able to show him that spot. He didn't finish, uh, uh, finish, he didn't finish you know, showing it to him until he died. And they knew for sure, and they knew there that must be where the Aaron is buried. How did they, so what, what does that mean? He wasn't able to show it to him. How did, how did he die? Tanner of Hoshia, he took a, um, a hammer. Uh, he took a hammer or, or, or a, uh, you know, a mallet or something. He took something and, um, and he banged on it, on that tile, to see if it would move or maybe he was going to look inside. The Yotza Eish Visarfaso. And the uh, fire came out and burned him, and burned him alive. So that's how he died because he tried to uh, he tried to reveal the uh, the Aram, right? <laughs> for those who saw the movie, for those who saw the movie, right? You remember that scene, right? That he uh, the fire came out and and consumed them. So the idea here is is that uh, so that's what happened. So he he they knew that's where it was. They must have other people saw that he died. They must have seen what was going on over there. So they knew maybe there was a loose tile there and there was a little bit of skew. And they knew that's where it was. And nobody went down further to check. Tanner of you, so yeah. When, when we were in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. there's a tradition that the ark is in this uh, Correct. church. Correct, yeah, correct. And only one person can look at it. It's that's the right. guardian of that church. That, that's right. So Not to get off on a topic, but Nelson DeMille's book, 
uh, he has, has wrote a book on it. There's a, there's a, he, it's, it's a fictional book, but there's a lot of truth to it because the, um, the Italians uh, who, uh, who ruled Ethiopia for a while, you know, they had some people there, etc. And there's a church. That could, how did it come up? Because they said that uh, Shlomo HaMelech uh, married, um, uh, married uh, uh, took another one of his wives was uh, uh, from, uh, from Kush, from, from, what, from Ethiopia, and fathered uh, apparently a son, and therefore was, had, he had royal blood in him. And, uh, it, you know, if, for those of us who are old enough to remember when Haile Selassie uh, was the emperor of, of uh, Ethiopia, he claimed to be descendant, uh, descended apparently from King Solomon. And there's a tradition that they had, the, uh, the, they had it there too. So maybe that goes like the first opinion that went to Bovel, right? That it didn't leave the base of Migdash. The other two opinions are it's somewhere in the base of Migdash, either underneath the Kodesh Kodeshim or underneath the woodshed. But yes, there is such a, such a, that's like, so that, that, you know, that just, that could just be a, you know, a legend, you know, necessarily there's truth to it, but there is such a legend and uh, it, it's found its way into a lot. Pardon? There is a documentary that came out with a lot of very interesting proofs and uh, yeah, yeah. things. Right, yeah. right. So no, we don't know for sure. It's, it, right. We know nothing, but right, it's, there, right. is, there is... Uh, right. Meanwhile, nobody's, nobody's found it. Right? Nobody knows for sure where it is. Right. Okay. Taner of Yudah ben Lakesh Omar... There were actually two boxes. There were two arons, right? Two, two actually boxes went with them in Medrash. One which had the Torah and the second Luchos in there. And the other one that had the broken Luchos, the first Luchos that were broken, the one that had the Torah inside and, and the second Luchos, stayed in the Olmoy, that stayed in the Mishkan. Hadorah said, that's what the Pesach says, V'aron bris Hashem, u'moshe lo'moshu mikerev ha'machne. Right? They never took that out of the machne. In other words, that one always stayed in the machne. That one never left the omoid. Zesha, Zesha, the second box, according to this opinion, that had the second or the second ark, that had the broken luchos, went in and out with them. They went to war, wherever they had to leave, whenever they had to go away, they used that one. And many times, it was seen with them. Right, so it, it was. If it was many times, it went out with them. So that's one. That's the second. That's this opinion. Rabbanon, the Rabbanon disagreed. That's Rabbi Yudah ben Lakish says that there were two. Rabbanon said no, there was only one Aram. It never normally did not go out with them to war. One time it went out to the war in the days of Eli Akoin, Bimei Eli, Vinishba, and it was uh, it was captured. In other words, uh, right? One time we went out in the days of Elia Cohen, and it was it was uh, captured by the by the uh, by the Philistines, not by the Palestinians, by the Philistines, the real the real Palestinian. Now, Kramasai Lorabana, we have a proof to the pasuk. The proof from a pasuk proves like the Rabbana that there was only one Aaron. Why? Because the Philistines, when they saw the Aaron, they said, "Oilanu, woe unto us! Me et selinam yado lokim haadir mele. Woe unto us! Who's going to save us from this great mighty God?" And it sounds like something that they had never seen before. If it was normal for that the Jews always went out with one of the RNOs, so it would have been a normal thing. They would have seen, oh, they always have the RN. But here, all of a sudden, they were scared. It's like we've never seen something like this before. It sounds like there was really only one RN, and this was an exceptional case where the RN left the, um, the, uh, its place in the Owel Moe and, um, and went out with them to war. Um, so that Pusik is what seemed to be a proof. The first Pusik seemed to be a proof to what the rabbi said, that there was only one Aaron, 
right? But there's another Pusik which seems to indicate like Rebbe Nachman, there were two. Vayomer Shol Lachia, Shol told Lachia, Hagisha Aron Elokim, go bring the Aron Elokim. How could they bring it? At that time, the Aaron had already gone to the Plishtim and came back to Beit Shemesh and was now in Kerit Yarim. So how could he tell him to bring it? So therefore, it must be that there were two. There was one, the main one was in Kerit Yarim, and this was a different one. The one that went out, went in, went in and out with them, the one that had the broken shiv, the shiver luchos. What did Rabbanon say to that? When he said, "Bring me the box," he didn't mean the the box, the real box that had the uh, the luchos inside, but bring me the box that had the coins, garments, including the tzitz, the uh, the head plate, the gold head plate. That's what he meant. Bring me that. Another pasuk indicates like Rabbi Malakish says, Yehuda and Yisrael and Yehuda were sitting in Sukkos. Sukkos was the name of a place. Sukkos was in Sukkos. Now, how could it be in Sukkos? The Aron was in Yerushalayim in Sion. How could it be in Sukkos in that place? So it seems to be that there were two Aronos. One, like Rabbi Yehuda, like Rabbi, like Rabbi Yehuda Malakish said. What will Rabbanon say to that? No, it doesn't mean, this, when it says Yoshim B'Sukos, it doesn't mean that in the city of Sukkos, it means that they were in the Oel Moed, it was in the Sukkos there, it was no big, it means, they'll say Schach, it means the Sukkos means it has a cover on it, it has like a, a ceiling, Shaddai and the base of Bechira, the uh, base of Mish wasn't built yet, so that's what he means over here, that bring me, bring me the uh, Ha'aron and Yisrael and Yudah were sitting in Sukkos, it means it was in the Oel Moed, but there's really only one. Mishanigna's Aaron. Now, we'll learn that Yoshio, uh, he, he um, buried and hid the, the Aaron. Uh, when they buried that, Nigna's on emotes in Senesamon. They also, he buried with that also the jar that contained the Mun, to show Mun Ladoros that this was the manna that God gave us in the Midbar, and the vial that had the Shemana Mishra, which, which, which anointed, as we'll see, the Kohanim and all the various Kalim in the base of Megdash. Umaklu Shal Aaron and Aaron's famous staff that he that he that he used to perform the miracles in Tzias Mitzrayim, and that staff had on it prachav. It had uh, flowers, ashkedav, and almonds on it. The argus There was also a box that the plishtim sent as a gift, as a as a uh, appeasement to the God of Israel. It was when they returned the uh, the Aram, There was also they returned it in a box. So it says over there. Put the put it next to it. Put the sefer Torah everything in the in there, and they returned this box. So who hid who hid the, all these items, including the Aaron and these other things? Yoshio Gonzo. Why the Yoshio King Yoshio? He hid them. Why? Kivin Shero Shekasa. The pasuk says Yolo Hashem Oschav Esmachcha Asher Tokav Alecha El Goyah Shleyadatar Vesecha. He knew the the, the the Navi had said Hashem is going to take you and your king. That you're gonna, that's gonna that you're gonna have rule over you. He's gonna take you to a nation that you never knew you and your nation. So I'm gonna take you into exile. So he said, listen, he doesn't want the Aaron to go into exile. Ahmad, he got up a gunzo and he hid and he hid it. He he buried the um, he buried the Aaron and these other and these other Kalim as well. These other items as well. Hadoda said that's why the Pascha is Vayom He told Levim Hamavinim who understood uh, the, under, the understanding ones. L'chal Yisrael Akdoshim Hashem to all the Jews. Who are holy to God? Tenuas Aron Hakodesh, give the Aron Hakodesh b'bayis asher bana Shlomo. Put it in the house that Shlomo Melech David built. Melech Yisrael, the king of Israel, put it in that house. 
No need for you to carry it around anymore. What did he mean to them? What did he mean by saying, put it in the house of, 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 of Melech Shlomo? It was already in the house. That's where it was. The basement, it was in the basement of this. So what did he mean, put it there? He mean to say, put it in below there. Put it, you know, hide it underneath there. Zegniz, the Blavach, it was already there anyway. He says, put it in the house. You don't say, if something's in a place, you don't say, put it in there. He meant to say, put it deep down underneath there. Omelam, imgolahu, imachem, if you don't bury it, if you don't bury it and hide it, and it goes into exile with you, lebavel, you'll never bring it back. So therefore, put it inside, and therefore, leave it, uh, bury it underneath the, the, ba- the base of Mikdash. Ela, ata, Serve God, your God. That's Amo Yisrael. Serve Him properly by bearing it, and that's what the um, that's what the Mishnah says. And that's what. So two out of three opinions in our Gemara is that it didn't go to Bavel or Ethiopia or anywhere else, but it's buried underneath the base of Migdash, which uh, will be Bezrat Hashem speedily rebuilt in our time. All right, we'll stop here and. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll stop here. Tomorrow's daf is daf Tesayin. We'll be on the podcast and Yud Zayin as well. And um, uh, there, again, again, as I said before, if you weren't here at the beginning, tomorrow and Wednesday there will probably not be a live shear because I might be away. If there will be a live shear, I'll let you know by email. But there will probably not be a live shear, but it'll be on the podcast. Have a good day, everybody. Take care.